Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to The Art of Being You. We are going to have a great day today. I'm talking about one of my favorite things I do every single year that has been a huge blessing to my life. And I cannot wait to share this with you because I fully expect it to be a huge blessing for you as well. want to give you a quick announcement as we're moving into December, if you're listening to this in real time. Uh, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a little bit of a Christmas series talking about sort of some of the behind the scenes stuff about Christmas, the truth about Christmas. Um, so I hope it's going to be encouraging and interesting to you. And so today what I wanted to do is give you my tips for how to end the year well. There's this beautiful verse in Psalms that says he crowns the year with his goodness. In other translations, it says with his favor. And I love that verse because sometimes when we get to the end of the year, it's like we just want to savor it a little bit longer, you know? This year, as I was uh, shopping through Kirkland's, love looking at their Christmas stuff, I just was kind of like met with this overwhelming sense of sadness looking at all the joyful Christmas stuff. And I thought, why do you feel sad? And I realized Christmas always goes by so fast. And here we are, it's upon us. And it just feels a little sad, right? That it's going to be gone so soon. So I'm doing my best to savor every moment. But every December for the last seven years, I've been doing this exercise and I believe it has set me up for a powerful coming year, the following year. And I really want to share this with you. And so um, we're talking about how to end your year well. So here's what I did. The first time I did this seven years ago, I started thinking about how many things had, how many things had changed in my life over that year. I think it was 2013. Uh, I'd had some health issues. We'd moved cities and, um, I just was thinking, man, I've been through a lot this year. And I just kind of felt this nudge from the Holy spirit. Why don't you write it down? And why don't you write it down through the lens of who I have been for you through each of these different things? So last week in our Thanksgiving episode, we talked about, uh, who is God being for you? We talked about that exercise. So this is sort of a part two to that. I was actually on an airplane. So what I did was I listed out each month in my journal, January, February, March, and you know, the rest of the months of the year. And then I just made a little space next to each name of the month and took some time to write down the things that had happened in that month. You know, sometimes it was like nothing spectacular, right? But other times oh, I had a surgery or my friend had surgery or, you know, we changed churches or, you know, different things like that. And so after I had written down a sort of log of the defining moments of that year, then I went back and asked the Lord to show me what have you been teaching me through this particular situation? What have you been teaching me through uh, this situation in January? And I would listen. And sometimes I would even know already. Oh, yeah. Well, in this, you taught me uh, in this year, 2020 for me, I'm going to look at uh, the February month and I'm going to say, wow, Lord, you taught me how to follow you in relationships with people, how to rearrange my thoughts about friendships, which we covered in a podcast several months ago. Um, so I write that down, right? And then when I get to December, I'm just taking evaluation of who God has been throughout his year. The first time I did this, I was so overwhelmed with the faithful, attentive nature of God as my father that I actually was moved to just begin to worship. 
every year when I do this, it's like this incredible moment to sit back and say, you know, through all the ups and downs, what is the constant? A lot of times the constant is God's faithfulness. Other times the constant is God's mercy. Other years, the constant is God's provision. It actually changes year by year, but I get to see how he has been moving in my life. So I really want to encourage you, take some time to get alone and journal. If you've got kids at home, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom, ask a friend or ask your spouse, hey, could you watch the kids for a couple of hours while I go journal? I want to end my year well. I want to reflect a little bit about this year. And just, it usually takes at least an hour in my experience to actually just remember all the different things, but it's also an incredibly gratifying thing. So the other thing I do with this is uh, I actually reflect on the word that the Lord gave me for the year. We're going to talk about how to get that in just a second. But every year I'm asking the Lord for a word to sort of banner over the year or book into the year or sort of be like the billboard experience, right? And I love doing that. And so in this reflection time, not only am I going month to month looking for and identifying the faithfulness of God, but I'm also identifying his faithfulness to his word and checking whether I was accurate in the word or not. That helps me grow as someone who's listening to God's voice. So how do you end your year well? Well, the first thing you got to do is take time to reflect. Let me just say a quick note about how do you get a word for the year? So I don't know, somewhere around seven, eight years ago, I started doing this as well. And I asked the Lord, what do I expect in the coming year? And he began to tell me one year, the word was advance. And I thought, okay, what's that going to mean, right? And that year, I'm telling you, we we advanced in so many different ways in our ministry, in our life, just as adults. Um, there's another year that the word was strength. One year, the word was abundance. Um, there's been a couple of different words. I, you know, sometimes, occasionally, I get two, but most of the time, it's just one word. And here's what I do, because I really like to make sure I'm hearing God. And I know that we all hear in part. I know that I'm not a perfect listener. I know that I sometimes want God to say something and I want it so badly that I kind of hear him saying it, even though it's me projecting that into my mind. So the way I guard against that is I ask the Lord to bring me confirmations. Now, I'm not married to this. You know, I do know that God... Uh, likes to speak things and not confirm it sometimes. But I love to say, okay, God, here's the word I feel like you said, help me see this. Well, one year I felt like he said the word was abundance. And this was a couple years ago. And uh, so I was at Mardell actually, and I was looking at those little willow tree wooden things. They have like angels and nativity stuff, you know, those little figurines. And on the bottom of them, they all have a word or like a phrase. And there was this one that really caught my eye and I just loved the way that it looked. I thought it was so cute. And so I picked it up and I looked at the bottom and the name of it was abundance. And I'm like, wow, Lord. And then a couple days later, I had another experience where God told me to look up a scripture and in the scripture was the word abundance. And I'm going, okay. And I say that to say, for me, that was the confirmation that I was looking for. In fact, just the other day, I was doing this for myself, asking the Lord. I've been actually waiting on the Lord for a couple months for what my 2021 word is and just crickets, haven't heard anything. And uh, the other day, I felt like the Lord said, hey, um, what about this word? And I was like, okay, I'm not going to share it yet because I'm still waiting on the confirmation. But two days later, I'm listening to a friend preaching uh, a message to our school of discipleship that we have that runs in the fall at our church. And he actually said, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to share this verse. And in the verse was this particular phrase, which is not a common phrase that most people would use. And I'm like, 
Okay, I'm listening, Lord. Feels a little bit like a confirmation. For me, I want one more before I'm going to boldface say this is it. Because I like to really apply my faith to the word that I get. I like to actually know this is what God is saying and I am going after it. Going back to that spiritual bulldozer principle from a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to bulldoze every obstacle in my way so that I can see this thing that God has said come to pass. So I love doing this in December. I love taking time to reflect and also look forward. But the other thing I want to talk about today is how to make the most of your holiday by owning it for yourself. And this is a big deal. In fact, if you go back to a year ago on the podcast, you'll see an episode about boundaries. And I would encourage you, if you struggle with losing your sense of self around your family at the holidays, I encourage you to listen to that episode. But I want to just touch for a moment about how to own your holiday because it really matters how you end your year. And if you end feeling exhausted and depleted and like you had no say, you had no voice, maybe you felt like nobody was listening or caring for you, it can make you come into 2021 from a defeated posture when that's not really going to help you crush the goals that you have for your life. So I think it's important to set boundaries. I'm not going to talk about that in this podcast because again, there's one from last year about that, but I want to talk about owning your holiday and how you steward your own heart. So uh, I know this pertains largely to women, but men struggle with this as well. Sometimes we look to the gift our spouse gives us at the holidays to be like the definitive question of whether or not they love us or if they actually really know us. And I'm a gift giver. I love giving gifts. In fact, uh, I actually leave room in our Christmas budget that is designed for me to be able to give gifts that I want to give. So part of my, you know, if you divide it out, how much are you spending on each person? If you do that kind of thing, part of what I do is part of my money for my gift is money that I get to use on other people so that I get to buy the gifts that, um, that I want for them and, or that I know that they would love. And that's because to me, being able to give a great gift is a gift in itself. Now you might hear that and be like, this is, you know, malarkey. No way am I doing that. And that's fine. But I, I, that's how I am. And so I love that. But there were years of my life where I looked towards, especially my husband or, you know, other family where I'm going, if you don't get me a gift that feels meaningful and just has that wow factor, that's like, oh, you know me type feeling, then I'm going to walk away feeling so sad. Now, here's the thing. I don't think you or I have ever consciously thought that, right? We've probably thought, I hope I get this gift. I hope they know me. I hope, et cetera. But most of us have probably not completed the thought by saying, if not, I'm going to be so sad. But it's all kind of rooted in the same place. And if we're not careful, we actually defeat ourselves through the holidays. Am I right? I mean, we actually set ourselves up for disappointment because we put unrealistic expectations on someone else. Here's what I need you to understand. Your gift that you receive this year, if you receive one, maybe you won't even receive one. It doesn't have anything to do with your worth as a person. Now, my husband, God bless his ever loving heart. I love this man with full abandon. I mean, he is my best friend. I am so happy to be married to him. He is a terrible gift giver. He just is. And eventually I began, I began to feel really cynical about that because it felt personal and it felt like it was connected to my identity and through a lot of counseling. And I hope that I can save you the depth of counseling that I needed by saying this to you through a lot of counseling. I realized that the problem was not on his inability to give a gift. 
The problem was on my inability to know my worth regardless of someone else's input. The problem was more on my inability to feel secure as a person than it was on his ability to think ahead and put, you know, great thought into what might be a blessing to me. When I began to dive into feeling secure in myself, what happened was I began to not care as much. Now, I am certainly not saying I don't care. I'm just saying I didn't care as much. And when I didn't care as much, I began to access that thankful thing we talked about last week and began to be able to look and say, what is this like truly like like the blessing that it is, as opposed to does this have some sort of significant meaning that's supposed to validate who I am? If you can do that, you will move so far forward at the end of this year. If you're going to end your year well, I just encourage you end it having a plan for how to handle your own emotions when it comes to gift giving and opening time at Christmas. Do that. You can put that into your word for the year reflection time. You can create space in your heart while you're, you know, going month to month and thinking about God's faithfulness. I would encourage you to use the pattern of his faithfulness that he shows you through your reflection to gird your loins, for lack of a better word, to to hold yourself together um, through any insecurity that you may feel and remind yourself that you are worth something to the Lord, that even if a human being fails to be able to acknowledge that to you, it's okay because it's not their place to acknowledge it anyway. You will only really be able to receive the validation from other people when you have first received the love of God, because that's how it works. The validation and love from man never fulfills because it's not designed to. It's designed to be the cherry on top. It's not designed to be the ice cream in the bowl. So if you can go into this holiday season knowing that, whew, you are going to thrive. That's for sure. So let's recap real quick. What are we doing to end our year well? Well, We're going to make space and time to do a little reflecting. You're going to go month to month and you're going to think through who has God been to you through the different experiences that you've been through Uh, and write it down. Take, Take the effort to actually put pen to paper or hand to keyboard to have a log of it. Um, And then what are you going to do? Then you're going to think about 2021. You're going to think about next year and you're going to ask the Lord for a word for what he wants to do in your life next year. Maybe even you set some goals with God, things that you want to focus on. Uh, You know, for me, my goals are less quantitative and more big picture things that I'm, I'm investing thoughts and time and energy towards creating habits about. Um, So you're, you're recapping the year, you're thinking ahead to the next year, and then you're creating a plan for how to hold yourself together emotionally through the holiday time, whether that looks like setting specific boundaries, having the guts to say no to things that you need to say no to. Maybe that's rearranging the budget to give you space to buy yourself the present that you want this year. Maybe it's giving yourself the guts to actually communicate to the gift giver in your life what you want instead of just dropping hints and clipping magazine pictures and leaving them on their nightstand, which I truly have never done. But now that I think about it, it's not a bad idea. Uh, I'm getting, of course, sort of. 
And uh, so you're going to make a plan for how you're going to hold yourself together because we're not going to leave this year defeated, right? You and I are going to leave this year victorious. We are going to leave this year like a lemon having squeezed every last ounce of juice of goodness out of it so that we can have a full cup moving into next year because it doesn't matter the way life has thrown us curveballs in 2020. The guarantee is that there will be curveballs next year too. The question at hand is, are we catching them and are we wielding them for our own purpose and benefit for our growth and becoming the best person that we can be in Jesus, which is the one who looks the most like Christ. So I just bless you to have an amazing time with the Lord. I bless you to have a fantastic last month of the year. Uh, and I just encourage you tune in to our Truth About Christmas series that's coming up in the coming weeks and listen Live it up to the fullest in Christ because that's the best way. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.